It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Happy Independence Day, friends. I hope you have a really fun, fantastic day lined up celebrating all the blessings and all the freedoms we get to enjoy as a nation here. But what about your financial life? Do you have financial freedom that you could be celebrating today? That's what we're talking about on today's episode of Wise Money. We're going to be sharing with you all the ways that you can achieve financial independence for your family's future. I feel like I was just telling someone this, but 4th of July marks the time when I finally feel like, okay, we're not, it's not going to snow. It's that we're, winter is officially behind us. And so that's what you get for living in northern Indiana. But if you have a question for the show, there's several ways you can reach out and submit that question to us. You can do so online, wisemoneyshow.com. Got a great question from Jean. She texted in to 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then all over social media, that's where we get most questions. Got a question about investing in oil on the YouTube channel. So wherever you're at on social media, just search the Wise Money Show. Like and follow us there and submit questions there as well. All right. So of all 4th of July's Independence Days, as Joshua said, this one's going to feel unique because you haven't been free for the past 100 days. You've been stuck in your house. And those of you that either needed to quarantine because you had the coronavirus or were in contact with someone staying in your bedroom for like 14 days, yeah, you, it's time to get some independence, get some freedom. <laughs> well, our specialty is in financial freedom. Comprehensive financial planning is all about helping you achieve financial freedom. We're going to go through the six areas of your financial life and give you very actionable, palatable things that you can be doing, steps that you can be taking to get more freedom in your financial life. You know there's six areas to your financial life and everyone's. It's your present financial position, protection planning, tax planning, investment planning, Retirement and college planning, that's sort of the same one. Mix it together. And then estate planning. Those are the six areas. Kevin wants me to stop and explain all of them. I'm not going to because we get a hustle. But what's something that you can do in your present financial position to achieve financial freedom, to get more freedom? You know, if, if I could give you a gift today, I, I would hope that everyone listening can have freedom from worry in their financial life. And the way that you get freedom from worry is by laying a strong foundation in your financial life. That's what you build off of. That's how you achieve greater levels of freedom and choice, less stress in your life in the future. And this might sound strange, but I was reminded by a client, actually, just this, this past week. He, I, I asked him for an update on what was going on in their financial life, how they've been surviving the, the shutdown, all this quarantine and everything. And uh, the one word that he said was, we feel blessed. Mm. 
And then immediately after that, he started talking about how they've got their budget dialed in and everything is just working really well in their financial life. And it's creating, his word, freedom for them. Mm -hmm. And he's exactly right. I mean, having a plan for your cash flow, telling your dollars where to go, not wondering where they went, having margin in your financial life, all of this is just foundational habits that if you pair that with contentment in your life as well, so you're not just constantly wanting for things, but in instead just being, being happy with what you have, that puts you in a position where you, you have margin, you have capacity to be able to build for the future. Yeah, that contentment with godliness is great gain. And that is, it seems ever elusive because you might think, well, if you had lots of money, you'd be very content. And based on that equation, the richest man in the world would be the most content man in the world. And then you'd go down from there and the poorest person would be the least content. And I've, I've seen the richest and the poorest and uh, it's just not true. Uh, it has mm -hmm. to do with what, what in the, I would call it internal finance. And if you're listening to this, you're probably in one of three camps. Either you've gotten this figured out and you've mastered it and you're, you're killing it. And you're like, all right, well, on to the next one. You, you haven't and you've struggled with this and you think I'll never have success. Or you're like the person I talked to this week who uh, started listening to Dave Ramsey and got enlightened and they are on fire and they're getting out of debt. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's very, very exciting when you see someone where the light finally gets turned on and they say, I, I believe now I can do it. A lot of this is just believing you can do it. Mm -hmm. And so if, you, if you're not doing it and you don't have a coach, I would say, well, the, it, with present financial position, start with a great coach. If you, and you say, well, I don't, I, I don't want to go see someone. Well, that's fine. Go on YouTube and Google how to write a budget. Google how to create a debt snowball. There's all kinds of amazing tools today that were never available in the history of personal finance that you can leverage to get yourself where you need to go. The when It's counterintuitive. If you've never done a budget and you're just sitting on the sidelines thinking, I'm not going to do that. That sounds so restricting. I, I don't want to box myself in like that. It sounds counterintuitive to say that your budget brings freedom. But Friends, it does. And I'm not saying that because I read it in a textbook and now that's my job. I'm supposed to tell you that. I'm telling you that because I've lived it and I've watched others live it. So you guys have said, bring freedom by doing a budget. Uh, now, you're not wrong. You're just not right. The thing that would bring freedom, I would encourage you, is an emergency fund. In fact, I want to go on a petition and say, we're, we're not calling it an emergency fund anymore. It's a financial confidence account. When the pandemic hit and possible unemployment and all sorts of things, there were lots of people that we serve that had greater freedom from worry because they had a safety net in place. And so Kevin is agreeing with me. I can see it right there. But the good news is I'm going to usher us along. So I want to call it the, oh, no, you didn't fund. <laughs> <laughs> so and Josh has a reputation in the office of renaming everything. So sorry I stole this one from me. But I would, I would definitely 
you know, in, in fact, we you can't budget without a three bank account system. You can't do a three bank account system without a budget. So they are connected. Your emergency fund or financial confidence account is connected to your budget. So why don't I would hire a coach and work on those two things. That's going to give you significant freedom. I want to stay on this theme of freedom from worry because protection planning, the second area of your financial life, to me, it's either keeping you up at night or it's letting you sleep easy. Yeah. Early on in my career, I did some math and I told my wife, if we buy the right amounts of insurance, I'm probably going to need to work three years beyond what I would if we didn't buy that insurance. But if we buy the right insurance and we have disability insurance in place, we have life insurance in place, we have long-term care in place, we have the right liability limits for our home and auto and other toys and things like that, that we'll live those extra three years while I'm working and we'll be fine. But if we didn't have those in place and something happened, so when you think about contingencies and, and and the what ifs of life, um, if I didn't have my insurability locked in early on before my health changed or fill in the blank, there's all of these different scenarios. Um, you you could possibly be in a bad spot. Yeah. So I, I we're going to go through and tell you in which area in protection planning you got to take some action. So that's coming up. Plus the other four areas of your financial life, what you need to do to get financial freedom. So that and more. Coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you get a little bit closer this Independence Day to financial freedom? That's what financial planning is all about with your certified financial planner. And that's what the Wise Money Show today is all about. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything on the program so far, every episode's available on podcast. Now that you're free to move about the country or you want to do some yard work or go for a jog or whatever, throw the, the headphones in. And listen to The Wise Money Show wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google, all that sort of stuff. Just search Wise Money Show and subscribe there. So we're talking about in each of the six areas of your financial life, what's something you can do to get some financial freedom? In the area of protection planning, it's really all about freedom from worry. But to me, if I can encourage you in one area, it seems like seems like health insurance is sort of automatic for a lot of people. I got to have home and auto insurance and blah, blah. it seems like the one that i think keeps people up the most at night is life insurance have you gone through an actual process to figure out how much life insurance you need and what the right type is if it was just don't you guys get this when you talk to new folks they're like oh well life insurance I, a friend of mine sold me some life insurance i'm good no you've got to look at how it all fits with the rest of your financial life and, and that's, the, that's one area in protection plan, I think, concerns a lot of people. Yeah. Do you want to go, Josh, or do you want me to bring well, the right I, answer? Yeah, I was going to say, to me, that's the one that most people think of when they think of protection planning or insurance. But 
you know, if, if you looked at just statistically the risks or the things that could unravel your financial life, disability is is a bigger concern to be protecting against. And it's the one that people miss the most. Mm-hmm. You may get some rudimentary amount of coverage through your employer or something, some kind of baseline amount, but it's it's rarely enough. And if you actually were disabled as opposed to passing away prematurely, it could have an even bigger financial impact impact on your family. But to me, that's why I guess I would I would zoom out a little bit and say the thing that you need to do in the area of protection planning is really just fully assess what is the protection or the insurance package that you need to have in place. And this is not because we love seeing you spend more money on insurance. It might feel that way if you talk to an insurance agent. Uh, it might feel like they're always trying to sell me another policy or something. Well, if you if you make your insurance decisions in the context of your financial plan, then really what's driving your insurance decisions is just purely what are the risks that you are exposed to that could set you back and and cause you to never achieve financial freedom in your life. This is this is your way of putting a, a moat around the castle, so to speak, if I can use that word word picture. It's your first line of defense. We don't want you spending more money on it than necessary, but don't go without the right insurance. Make sure you have the right package. All right, really quick, Kevin, what yep. you got? Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. This is this is what I I have. Your insurance decisions quite often are static and your life is dynamic. And so you you make a decision and and you want most of us crave just set it and forget it. Let me just make this decision and let it ride. And so as you were referring to Mike the folks that say, "Well, you know, my buddy sold me this, you know, a, a while ago." This is what I would encourage you to do if you said, "What's the most important thing that I could do with the protection planning area of my life?" is do an ongoing review. And it, it, that does that might not seem or sound fun to some of you, but it's so important because I can't tell you how many times I'll meet with someone and I'll say, okay, this is this is your protection planning portfolio that you have in place. Um, these some of these decisions were made 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Has anything changed in your financial life since then? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's all completely different. Well, then. Should your protection planning portfolio be adjusted to reflect the changes that have happened in your life? And so it's the, a lot of times, and I'll just speak for myself, I, I want to take the lazy approach to this stuff yeah. and just let it ride. Just just let it be. I don't, I don't want to have to think about it. Because sometimes, you know, with life insurance, I have to, I'm dealing with my own mortality, right? Hey. I'm going to die. Think, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, who wants to think about that? And then and then the, there's work to say, hey, is it the right type? So I would encourage you to to be process-driven, not product-driven. Because as I was talking with some folks last week, they said, okay, well, how who is your competition and how would you compare with this other company? And I said, well, I can promise you this. If you go and talk to this other company, the solution to your problems will be life insurance, and mm-hmm. it, and it will be the house product. It, yeah. They won't be shopping for the very best among the best. They'll they will give you their product because they are product driven, not process driven. So, in the area of tax planning, how do you get how do you get freedom? Just stop paying your taxes? No, that would lock you up for that. That's the opposite. So. I can think of there's one thing. 
and it, it's tax planning yeah. that you need. It, it's the discipline or the habit, the pattern in your life of at least on an annual basis, maybe sometimes more frequently than this, running an actual projection of where your tax picture is going to land for the year before it's it's too late to change anything about it. Mm-hmm. So th- this is you turning your attention forward, proactively looking out into the future and saying, okay, what are the things that I can do as opposed to just trying to be in compliance with what happened last year and getting all the right numbers in the right boxes. This is, this is the difference between tax planning and tax um, just preparation. But the, what it does for you, though, is it helps you kind of sniff out, find those dollars that are slipping through the cracks in the form of too much tax in your life and maybe opportunities that could go missed. If you can capture those things, then you will, you'll be propelling yourself towards greater financial freedom because you're not sending more money downstream to the government. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I love that we do here at Corhorn Financial Group on Wednesdays, we do case class and we'll bring a case and we'll have a number of CFPs sitting around, insurance agents, CPAs, and, and trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. And this week we were arguing about should it be a Roth contribution to my 401k or should it be a pre-tax? And I don't know what the answer is for you, but this is what I would challenge you to do. Have a strategy. Know what your strategy is. Josh said do tax planning for this year and maybe next year. But if you're a business owner who's going to have a liquidity event or if you're someone who is expecting an inheritance or there's all kinds of different big financial events that can happen, you might need, or if you just have a bunch of money, you might need a 30-year projection mm-hmm. and say, well, we're not going to know what tax rates are 30 years from now. Are No, but we can figure out how to pay the least amount of tax per dollar over your lifetime. And so you, we, we create the strategy, and then we do the execution. We, we know what we're doing and get it done. This one's interesting. The fourth area, you know, everyone, the, the public thinks that financial planning is just investments. That is not true. That's that we exist to help you understand that correctly. Financial planning is all six areas. Investment planning is one of those areas. But in the area of investment planning, when it comes to financial freedom, it can be probably the, the best accelerant towards financial freedom and also, if you put it at the wrong priority, it can create financial bondage. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would almost say that this is another one of those areas where many people need to have freedom from worry as it pertains right. to their investments. They may be watching their investments way too closely. Um, you know, that was one of my number one questions coming through this economic and, and market crisis was, what was it doing to you emotionally? Was it robbing you of peace of mind? Was it causing you to literally lose sleep at night uh, as the market was was falling so sharply? And it was always a blessing back to me when clients would say, no, we knew that you were watching it, or we knew there's nothing we could do about it, so we just didn't worry. So obviously the big area of your financial life to receive freedom is in the area of retirement planning. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. 
how do your investments, the right investment strategy, the right investment approach, how does it lead to financial freedom? And how do you make sure it doesn't lead to financial bondage? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. You'll do so online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then everywhere on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're at, where there are to search the Wise Money Show, like and follow us there. You'll receive all of the Wise Money content through those mediums. We're going through very quickly, as fast as we can, all six areas of your financial life, giving you nuggets, giving you things that you can do to achieve more financial freedom. The area of investment planning is tricky. It can either lead to freedom or create bondage. The question is how? How can you structure your investments to lead to freedom? And then how do you make sure it doesn't cause bondage? Well, you have to, again, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, you have to have a plan. And so the, that plan involves where should I be saving my money and how much should I be saving? But the one of the most important decisions you'll make in your financial life is how do I allocate my investment resources between different investment options oh yes and so there it's it's and so if you said okay how do i make those decisions well that that in it includes tax planning it includes retirement planning which are on either side of investment planning that we're talking about so you really have to have and like you said mike most people think financial planners just sell investments so if you talk to someone in an unguarded moment and you say, "Hey, do you, so do you do you work with a financial planner?" and they're like, "Well, yeah," but when you get down to it, what do they do for you? Well, they sell me investments. That's not financial planning. Financial right. planning is is ad- addressing the six areas. But this is one of the key. Uh Uh, benefits, I guess, that a certified financial planner can bring in your life because who you choose as the co-pilot with you as you're managing these dollars really can can make all the difference in the world as well. You want someone who's bringing calm to the situation when you're, you're naturally going to be stirred up emotionally and maybe tempted to make some of the classic mistakes with your investments as well. So because you're hopefully working with a certified financial planner, who happens to also help you with your investments, that person can help remind you, especially at those critical crisis type moments, why your investment decisions still need to be tied to your overall financial plan and the goals that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's right. The classic area of financial independence, in fact, people call it retirement and it's truly, truly financial independence. When are you independent from that paycheck and punch in the clock? That's retirement planning, but then you can also say college planning. When when do you have freedom where you can allow your kids to pursue their education, their secondary education, and um, and not have to worry about the financial side of it? So this one's obvious, but what step would you encourage people to make today to achieve more freedom in their financial life in the area of retirement and college planning? Well, again, I'm now I'm going to be redundant repeating what Kevin already said, and that is to have a plan, right? It's people don't achieve retirement or financial independence by accident. Yeah. The vast majority of of people they don't realize that uh, you know they're spending their retirement right now because they 
bought an extra super duper car or those extra vacations start racking up and they don't realize that it's actually eroding their ability to have enjoyment later on in life. And even if you're someone, and, and there are folks out there who say, well, I'll probably never retire. I, I, I love to work. I'm probably going to always be doing something. I'd go crazy at home. We hear that all the time. And yet everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, most people at some point are going to experience some sort of a health decline or they're just going to slow down, even if you're 97 years old when it finally happens. Eventually, you have to be able to not be dependent on a paycheck for your livelihood. And again, that doesn't happen by accident. It's building up the right amount of resources so you can have income that's not dependent on you punching a clock, as you said. Yeah, and I would insert one word into that. Josh said, have a plan. I'd say have a written plan. And a lot of times, the reason why people, and I'll just put myself in that category as well, the reason why we don't have written plans and written goals is that actually creates accountability. And most of us are not, don't get real excited about accountability. So if you can have a written plan and hold yourself accountable to your, again, uh, you're, you're a bad boss and a worse employee. <laughs> so if you can have a, a, a written plan and then get someone to help encourage you to um, work the plan, it's amazing what kind of success you can have. So the, having freedom, having true financial independence in this area from that paycheck is looking at all five factors, how they fit together, building that written plan that Kevin talked about, and then monitoring your progress. But if I were to go through that, it seems like many people are lacking that full plan, yes. But the of the five factors, they have the least um, amount of input. So I'd encourage you, if you're looking for something actionable, take whatever you're doing into your retirement savings right now and increase it by 1%. Increase it by 1% and figure out a way to live on, on the difference there. All right. Lastly, estate planning. This is the sixth area of your financial life. This one also is freedom from worry, but it could also be freedom from uh, unintended consequences. Yeah. You know, the way I was just kind of going to frame it in my mind was it's the freedom to be able to increase the blessing and decrease the burden that your life represents to other people. And, and, you know, when we think of estate planning documents, we've done entire shows on this before, but, you know, having the documents and the decisions in place so that if you were to pass away tomorrow, how do you make sure that your life, everything that's being left behind is truly a blessing to the people that you love the most? Or, it, you know, if you got conked on the head and you're disabled and you, you really, um, you need someone caring for you. How do you reduce the burden on them by having the right things in place, right documents that give them the authority to just kind of streamline things? So, you know, you said unintended consequences. You know, one of the unintended consequences is sometimes just having a mess that's left behind for other people to clean up. And uh, estate planning is is sort of your proactive way of avoiding the mess. Yeah. So often people have... Um, well, we're going on a trip, and I don't know, you guys I don't, You guys might not know this. You know me pretty well, but I have this issue with flying. <laughs> I've kept that a secret. You're my I, favorite person I, to fly with, I've actually. Kept it a it's secret. very entertaining. Uh, so um, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> that oftentimes a big trip leads you to say, I don't have my stuff in order. I don't have my act together here. And without a financial planner, 
your response is likely, I'll type up a quick note, done it, um, and I'll leave it in a place that people can find it, or I'll get a will. A will is not adequate. And there's, there's a lot of things, if you don't have minor kids, you actually might not really need a will. Like that might not do everything that you think it, it should do. You need an estate plan that if you're conked on the head, as Josh said, or slip on the banana peel, as Kevin, what Kevin usually says, <laughs> and you're unable to make your own decisions or whatever, you, your full estate plan addresses those things. It's, not, it's more than just a will. Right. And it, try and explain that we, we have a relative who is not long for this world. And I was trying to explain to my wife because she said, well, um, he has a will. And I said, well, honey, the will isn't going to do a lot if there are beneficiaries named to his various accounts. That stuff's not going through the will. And she said, well, what do you mean? It's his stuff, right? It's going to go through the will. So I, most people don't have a great understanding of that. I'd say get, an, uh, get some help and get an understanding of how stuff can be most efficiently transferred. All right. Okay, we've got questions from fans of the show. That and more are coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Should you be investing in oil? Ah, we got some good questions here. I'm hoping we can get to a bunch of them. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Just missed some bloopers there if you're not watching on the YouTube channel. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, we just start recording the video when we start the show and record all through the breaks and had a little uh, confusion there, right? And so check out the YouTube channel. Uh, not only do you get every episode of the Wise Money Show, but a whole bunch of next Wise Step videos throughout the week as well. So go to YouTube, search Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, turn on notifications, and like the content if you like the content. Thank you. All right, so into my favorite section of the program. Lots of good questions here. Um, let's start with Ed from Miami, submitted a question on the YouTube channel. He said, does the new PPP Flexibility Act not allow an independent contractor to use the 24-week rule? Some CPAs on YouTube have said that the PPP extension does not cover independent contractors. Kevin said, this would be very interesting for everyone, so let's spend a ton of time <laughs> on it. Just yeah, kidding. and I said, hey, Ed, it's a jargon-free zone. So we're going to call that the Paycheck Protection Program. No, we're not. It's PPP Flexibility Act. So the, the, the PPP section of the CARES Act basically allowed for a really unique loan to small businesses that had a forgivable feature. Your loan amount was, let's just say, 10 weeks of your payroll, your average payroll, to keep it simple. And then the forgiveness is how much of that loan you used over the next eight weeks. You have to use a certain amount of it for payroll and then for rent and utilities. There's lots of restrictions, but that's how it worked. And basically, Congress came out and said, nah, that doesn't help small businesses enough. That eight weeks, there's going to be lots of small businesses after that eight weeks that are still struggling. Let's extend it to 24 weeks. And they did that in the PPP Flexibility Act. Um, 
So the question is, but but it did not increase the loan that was taken. Correct. All it is does is it makes sure that you can actually use up the loan for its intended purposes in a longer period of time, so you can get maximum forgiveness. Is the idea? And when and when Josh says use up the loan, it means use it for the intended purposes, which would trigger the forgiveness feature, so that you're not paying the loan back. The whole idea is. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like if you've ever had family that needed money, and you say, "Hey, Josh, I'm going to loan you this money," knowing that quite likely there will be an event that triver- triggers a forgiveness feature. Jeez, uh, oh, with a, speaking from experience, there. Yeah. <laughs> with the family, uh, the the forgiveness feature trigger. Um, well, re- remember, the whole purpose of these loans was to be able to provide stability and confidence that paychecks could continue for workers. I mean, this is you might think of this as a bailout for a small business, but it's actually meant to make sure that people stay employed. And it has worked in that way. The problem is you only had a, a period of time to actually get the loans forgiven and you had to use it up on payroll during that time. And some people just couldn't use it all during that yeah. time. I think it had another purpose, too, though. I mean, Josh, you said it's meant to make sure that people stay employed. I think it's also meant to make sure that no one ever plans for a crisis in their business. Yeah, I yeah. think so as well. Because if I can trust in the government that when the the road gets rocky, uh, they're going to be the backstop and they're going to, you know, th- this is helicopter money and dump dump on me i want to come back to that but let's so don't let me forget don't let me forget that but ed are independent contractors self-employed individuals left out of the flexibility act the answer is no in fact you got some good news if you're following the wise money show on youtube you got some good news uh last week when i announced that they the small business administration came out with their updated application for everyone it's a lot of pages but then they also came out with another application called an easy application designed for independent contractors and sole providers small businesses so check that out contact us or your cpa for details there but no um the the youtubers that you saw saying independent contractors were left out that was purely clickbait they were trying to get your likes um let's go back to what kevin said this is not a question. We might be doing a full show on this. So we have a mechanism within our investment strategy. This is one of the ways you get financial freedom is to have an investment strategy that can adapt and work when everything's going the way it's supposed to, but then help pivot if things aren't going the way they're supposed to. And it's all connected to your financial plan and what your goals are. I mean, that is the recipe to get peace. So we have an adaptive strategy, and our adaptive strategy all along um, this spring was, hey, things are rough, and so we got to cash quickly, and we expected to stay in cash for a long time. Does what the government did with these with these extraordinary stimulus measures suggest investors never have to worry about the market? Is that I mean, you, you said, hey. This is an, a, a moral hazard was just created with the stimulus for small businesses that, listen, continue to take all the cash out of the business, never have to plan for contingencies because the government's going to take care of you if things get that bad. Well, 
I, hopefully, if you're a small business owner, you know that's facetious. But we're all investors. Should you never have to worry about a big investment decline? Because listen, it's it's they're all temporary always. But like this is what you should expect. I mean, two months and it's fine. You know, go back to the last recession, the Great Recession, as they say, the banking crisis and and all of that, the housing bubble and and whatnot. Um, the Fed at that time was doing some really experimental things, kind of figuring out some new strategies to just try to get the economy back on track. And and they worked, but they were kind of slow in coming. It was sort of awkward and, and spread out over a long period of time. The Fed now still has that old playbook and is instantly doing some of the things that uh, you know was spread out over months and months, you, you would even say years. And so their aggressive response to this economic crisis, I believe, may be creating that very moral hazard that that you're referring to because they've essentially gone from being sort of the backstop for the banking industry to now they're like the backstop for everything. Yeah. And and it could almost lead you to say, well, risk on all the time. Mm -hmm. I should always, and you know, we tell you from a responsible, prudent standpoint, take a certain level of risk for your long-term goals. But I mean, what the government and the Fed has done here is it's no, always just take a bunch of risk. Well, they've certainly gotten rid of any incentive to have savings. Exactly. Because any kind of return or reward that you can get on your savings, and it seems like yesterday, but it was in the late 90s when a money market account was paying 6%. Hmm. And so that, and, and so you look today, and you, and you know, if your if your if your money market's at a bank, <clears throat> that might be at a half a percent or even less than that. And if it's an online money market, it might be a percent and a half or even less than that. So it's very interesting how the incentive to have any kind of pooled savings uh, and be prepared. But I, that's where I would challenge you to make sure, especially if you're a business owner. What should your working capital requirements be? Not that a bank is going to put on you. What are you going to put on yourself to make sure in the event of this next thing that happens, it's going to happen. We just don't know what it is and when it will be. It last happened in a big, meaningful way back in 2009, and here we are 12 years later. It will inevitably happen again. Mm-hmm. So how well prepared will I be and what kind of – contingency plan or escape hatch or parachute or fill in the blank do I want to be equipped with to face that time? I, I, I expect we'll be talking about this again, and, and I know we stumbled into this because of some comments here, but I do wonder if, if free market capitalism is history. Not to be cynical, but it's just totally different. And not that I am sitting here on um, some perch thinking, oh, I wish more bad things happened to good people. No, I'm just, when you, when you free up the, the consequences, um, I was talking about this, the parallel was in hockey. I actually watched a, a YouTube video of the top 10 cheap shots in hockey ever. And it was hard. It was hard to watch. Uh, McSorley coming up behind David Rochier and hitting him in the side of his head in the temple with his stick behind from behind. And he just, you saw he immediately goes lights out. Let me tell you, that wasn't the number one cheap shot. It was like number three or four. But here's the thing in hockey, 
Okay, if you do something wrong, it's a penalty. You get two minutes. Big deal. No, but if you make a dirty play on someone, you know other people are coming after you because you're allowed to fight. And yeah, there's a penalty for that, but you know there are going to be natural consequences. So there's a natural policing that happens. And sure, there are still penalties, but if there's a cheap shot, if you do something dirty, you know there's a natural consequence. And now it's like, well, there's penalties and whatnot in the economy. But listen, if you do a cheap shot, no big deal. I mean, you'll get bailed out. It's no problem. Yeah, that that is, you, you said free market capitalism. We haven't had that in, in a long time. <laughs> but um, it reminds me, I was at a boxing match the other day. In a hockey game broke out. <laughs> no, no, you weren't because we're still in quarantine. All right, let's let's move on here. Um, okay, we, I think we got time for this one. Do, do you think investing in oil is a good idea? It came from Ben on YouTube. Oh. Okay, so so oil, you know, you throw that in the category, broad category of investing in commodities, and commodities they can be very volatile. You know, it's similar to investing in gold or pork bellies or corn prices or something like that. And I'm not talking about if you're a farmer and you're trying to decide when to open up the bins and, you know, take your your crop to market here. Um, Investing in oil, some people think of it as maybe an inflation hedge. But at the end of the day, most people, when they're investing in oil, they're not investing at all. They're speculating. They're just guessing that maybe the price happens to be low and... Uh, economic forces and crosswinds and everything are going to suddenly become favorable and they're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah, the problem with that, Ben, is you don't have the whole picture. That I, I look at that and I love the idea of investing in oil. And I would do it if I thought for a second that I had all of the information at my fingertips. And quite honestly, with any investment, you'll likely never have all of the relevant data at your fingertips. But I can tell you this, the folks that have billions with a B to invest are going to have a lot more information at their fingertips and have a lot better directional ideas about the price of oil than you do. And Ben, they're making money when oil goes up and when oil goes down. Yeah. And so uh, if you're one dimensional, you might have a problem. Yeah. Great. Great question, though, Ben. That's that's a that's an interesting consideration. So hopefully that was helpful, guys. All right. That is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.